singing joy to the world. All the boys and girls and non-binary people now. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea and joy to you and me. Welcome to this community of hope. Welcome to this community of healing. Welcome to this community of love and welcome to this community of joy. Come let us worship together. Welcome. Well, how strange. <laughs> welcome everyone. I'm Reverend Bob LaValle and you just met Reverend Katie Colbert. You know, uh, you may know her from the many times for all ages that she shared with us over the past year and a half or so. So Reverend Katie lives in Tampa, Florida, but is here in Albuquerque today to preach for us. So welcome, Katie. So glad you're here. I'm also delighted to be joined by our music director, Susan Peck, and our intern minister, Matt Partridge Villarreal. Reverend Angela is taking this Sunday off. And our worship leader today is John Eldridge, and our Zoom DJ is Arnie Golarud. Our tech team is Michaela Renz-Whitmore, Christine Robinson, and Cheryl Romanek. Thank you to everyone for helping to co-create this worship service. And if you're visiting and you're comfortable with this, you are invited to put your name and location in the chat so we can say hello. And whether this is your first time or your hundredth, we are so glad that you're here. John has a couple of announcements for us now. Good morning. It's great to see you all again. We're glad you're worshiping with us today. As Unitarian Universalists, we welcome all of those who are open to learning from one another about their own spiritual paths. We are about to light our chalice. Feel free to have your own chalice or candle to light at home ready when we light our church chalice in a moment after the following announcement. We will hold two Christmas Eve services this year. At 5 p.m., whoa, the puppets have taken over the whole service and are doing it all by themselves. Well, with a little help from the ministers and musicians, of course. Join us today, I mean, us for that heartwarming service on Zoom using the same link as Sunday mornings. Then at 7 p.m., we'll also have a traditional human-led service in the sanctuary. As always, an offering will be taken at each service to fund the church's food pantry for 2022. In between, everyone, especially families with children, is invited to wear a festive face mask and gather at the church courtyard at 6.30 to sing favorite carols. Song sheets with lyrics will be provided. Young people can send song requests to Susan by Sunday, December 19th, and are encouraged to help lead the singing on their favorites. Weather permitting, at the end of the in-person service, we will hold our candle lighting ceremony in the courtyard so that everybody can sing Silent Night as we light up the night. It will probably be chilly, so plan to bundle up. And finally, a recording of the puppet service will be available for kids and grown-ups to watch online anytime starting the next morning. In this small flame dwell, the beacon light of lanterns guiding travelers home. The warmth of hearth fires tended through the generations. May these blessings, warmth, light, and life-giving energy be kindled in each of us. Please join us in singing Gaude Amus Orie.
the chat for a few moments during the meditation and prayer. I came across these words by Tess Baumberger the other day. If there is a heaven, it is right here, right now, in this particular arrangement of nature. This happening of earth, moon, and star, this constellation of instants, this laden moment, this flash of recognition, this particle of time. If there is a God, it is all around us, everywhere, in every blinking eye, in every pulsing possibility, in every ugliness, every beauty, in every wholeness, every part. As we come to the time in our service when we slow down and connect to ourselves, our breath, and connect to the world around us and our place in it, may we remember that each moment, from the mundane and everyday to the grandiose and awe-inspiring, is a moment to be treasured and celebrated. For each moment has the potential to be an expression of something special. If we only look a little closer, Perhaps a little differently. During this time, we will also make available the image of the dove from our dove's meditation last week. If you would like to trace the image on a piece of paper, reflect on some special hope that you are looking forward to in the future to come, and either bring it to church to add to our tree, or hang on to and hold up during our Pacham greeting, this is the time for you to do so. Let us observe this beautiful moment together in sacred silence. 
Our community is strengthened when we help each other bear our burdens as well as celebrate our joys. Please use the chat bar to share what is on your heart and to support others for theirs. If you're unable to write in the chat bar, please contact the church office or send an email to caring at uuabq.org. The video will prompt us first to share our joys and then later our concerns.
beautiful spirit who exists in many forms and goes by many names, we come to you in this moment and we thank you for all the wonderful expressions of joy that you bring about in our lives. We also come to you for comfort and seek solace in you in times of difficulty when things are not as joyous as they may seem. We pray for those in our church family who are grappling with health concerns and the loss of loved ones. We especially hold Samantha Miranda in our hearts as her father in Silver City recovers in ICU from a recent heart attack. We grieve and mourn with the UU Church of Rockville, Maryland, and many others in our greater UU community at the sudden death of their intern minister, Matthew P. Taylor, who was an inspiration to many. We pray for the people of Kentucky who were affected by the recent storms as they begin the process of cleaning up and rebuilding their lives, while also grieving and mourning the countless lives that were lost. We pray for the health of our greater New Mexico community who has seen a rise in the number of new COVID cases. May they all be kept safe and may they find their way to recovery. We pray for the continued strength of our church community as we continue to navigate this time of transition. May you continue to comfort us. May you continue to keep us safe and may you continue to help us find joy in everything that we come across in our lives. May it ever continue to be so. Amen. Blessed be. And peace be with you. All right, so we have a moving pattern for you. We're going to just start with our feet, getting our feet going. One, two. Add the gulla clap, which goes like this. Here's another rhythm. We're gonna start with eight counts. Well, I'm free, free, free. I am free. Well, I'm free, free, free. I am free. I have crawled, I have walked, I have screamed, I have talked, but it don't matter now, cause I'm free. Well, I'm free, 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 I am free. Well, I'm free, 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 I am free. I have crawled, I have walked. I have screamed, I have talked, but it don't matter now, cause I'm free. This morning's reading comes from the poet E.E. E. Cummings, titled, I Thank You, God, for Most This Amazing. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, 
which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died am alive again today. And this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and wings and of the gay great happening illimitably earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginable you. Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are open. There is a picture of me receiving my master's degree from Lee Barker, who is my seminary president at Meadville Lombard, where Reverend Bob and I became friends. And in the picture, Lee is putting the diploma in my hands and I am smiling really big, like really, really big. And my tongue is sticking out right through my teeth like this. So here I am in front of a packed sanctuary at First Unitarian Chicago at a very solemn graduation ceremony, sticking my tongue out in front of my seminary president. I showed the picture to Bob and was like, can you believe I did that? And he said, oh yeah, that's a thing you do when you feel joy. I had no idea. I had no idea that that was a thing that I did. I'm very much aware of it now. It's involuntary. I wonder what you do when you're feeling joy. Other things that I do when joy is bubbling through my body include clapping my hands or shuffling my feet, skipping, giggling. It can be quite difficult to contain joy sometimes. And really, I don't know why we ever would try to contain our joy. Now, like most of us, I've experienced a great amount of loss and intense stress over the past few years. I got divorced. I lost my job. My best friend and I of 10 years uh, ended our relationship. And most recently, my mother, who I'm very close to, died. Heavy, right? There were days I was so depressed that I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't take a shower. And I was very much not okay. By the way, it's okay to not be okay. I'm sure you've heard that a hundred times, but I think it bears repeating. It's okay to not be okay. All right, back to joy. So after all this loss and tragedy, here I am before you smiling. You should have seen me when I flew in from Florida over the mountains a couple of days ago. Oh my goodness, I was smiling so big that my face hurt. And yesterday we went up to Sandia Crest, which is like up, 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 up. And there was snow up there. This Florida girl was filled with so much delight. I was smiling so much that my face hurt, which happens often. Smiling and laughing are probably the most obvious expressions of joy. So last Wednesday was Bodhi Day, the Buddhist celebration of the enlightenment of Prince Siddhartha Gautama, also known as the Buddha, probably heard of him, it's kind of a big deal, 
Siddhartha was a sheltered young man and he didn't really know much of the nature of pain and suffering until he ventured out beyond the palace walls of his home. So when I did my chaplaincy uh, internship at Tampa General Hospital, I had had very little previous contact with those who were intensely suffering, people who were very, very sick. In fact, I hated going in hospitals. I never wanted to go in a hospital if I didn't have to. Um, I had both my children in a birthing center just because I didn't want to go into the hospital. So I had not really seen really, really sick people, um, people living in the streets or in shelters, people who are in intense pain, abused, dying. But at the end of my internship, I felt like Siddhartha after he had left the palace. My eyes had been open for the first time, experiencing firsthand the suffering of my community. Now, I didn't respond by going and sitting under a Bodhi tree for 49 days, as the story goes. Honestly, it took me years to try and make sense of it and figure out what I was going to do about it. I used to think it was my responsibility to remove the suffering that people were experiencing and replace that suffering with joy. Spoiler alert, I can't do that. I can't do that. But what I can do is facilitate their healing, even facilitate their joy. I had a congregate in Tampa once call me a joy facilitator, which I thought was super cool. It's on my Facebook profile now. I loved it so much. But I absolutely 100% cannot remove people's suffering. And by the way, we can't really know joy without knowing suffering. They're kind of linked. So when I began seriously working on my own past trauma with my therapist, and when I began experiencing my own illness and pain and death of loved ones, it became a priority for me to more fully understand how to live this life of profound suffering while also living a life of profound joy. And so how do we do that? And what does it look like? First off, let's talk about the difference between joy and happiness. Happy is a feeling, just like sad and mad and scared. These are all feelings. One can live a life of joy and feel sad. We know that feelings come and feelings go. And one way to have joy in our lives is to allow ourselves to feel our feelings. When we are disappointed, be disappointed. When we are remorseful, be remorseful. When we are angry, be angry. Be mindful of your feelings. Mindfulness is a practice in Buddhism in which we are open to the experience of the moment. We don't cling to the past and we don't resonate on the future. We simply are here, here and now. And when we live in that present moment, joy often arises for no reason. This consciousness, this being awake to the present is not dependent on conditions. 
Mindfulness is one way that we can cultivate and express joyfulness. Cultivate and express. So for me, thinking about the difference between cultivating joy and expressing joy is a little like the question of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Do we express joy after manifesting it or do we manifest joy by expressing it? Something to think about. Earlier, I mentioned my tail. Apparently, it is very easy to tell when I'm expressing joy because I'm smiling and sticking my tongue out. Super classy, I know. But it's interesting to me that the expression of joy is often quite playful and childlike. I think us grown-ups need to lighten up a little bit and get more in touch with our childlike spirit. I have a musician friend of mine who recently told me that when he sees me dancing, it's like I truly am dancing like no one is watching. I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or a criticism of my dancing skills, but I see what he means. I would say that dancing is my main spiritual practice. Dancing connects me to God, that which is larger than myself. Dancing connects me to myself, to my body, and dancing connects me to the music and the creators of the music. Music is such a blessing. Music festivals are like church to me. I wonder what spaces and experiences are sacred for you like that, that bring you that intense, joyful delight. Is it concerts? Is it the woods? Craft fairs, yoga classes, making love, fishing, surfing? Probably not a lot of surfing in New Mexico, but there is some in Florida. I got to California too. When we allow ourselves to fully embrace and express joy, to feel that intense connection and sense of delight, it can be a sacred experience and very personal. Other ways that we express joy are skipping. I don't know how long it's been since you skipped, but I highly recommend it if you can do it. Sing, creating, art, cooking, things like this, giving, laughing, and smiling. I have a Melanie album from the early 70s, and it was my mother's album. And one of my favorite songs on this album is called Smile. And she sings, I love people who smile. If everybody smiled, we'd have a hometown all over the world. And she goes on to sing in a French accent, which I will not try to do, but <laughs> I don't trust the American smile. They smile for nothing. I think it's to disarm you or something. And then she says, no, I don't think so. I smile because I want to make some kind of a connection. I look at someone and I think we're connected. And in the words of Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, smiling is my favorite. We should be very generous with our smiles and it's a gift. 
offer this gift to everyone we meet, even strangers on the street. There is an incredible amount of power just in a smile. If you've ever seen an interview or seen a picture of the Dalai Lama, the highest spiritual leader in Tibet, you may have noticed that he is often smiling or laughing. He does not take himself too seriously. We take life a little too seriously. If we were to lighten up a bit, our lives would be more joyful. Now, this isn't a Pollyanna point of view. I don't think anyone will accuse the Dalai Lama of being naive to the suffering of the world or wearing rose-colored glasses, but he will freely admit that he is mischievous and he delights in humor. From an interview with Jen Christensen of CNN, I had this experience in 1954 at a meeting, his holiness said, some Indian ambassador, he called on me, come to my room, then as usual, usual, some foreign ministry officials join him, they come. Everyone much too formal. And he says this as he's miming, being very stiff. But they had brought some fruit. Then somehow the fruit got dumped all over the floor. And then everyone was scrambling around on the floor, picking up the fruit, acting like human beings. This delighted the Dalai Lama. His holiness suggests everyone needs to let themselves be playful and find the funny in life. In his book, My Spiritual Journey, he calls himself a professional laugher. A professional laugher. I love that. A quick laugh and an ability to see humor in daily situations and to be playful have shown to help adults lower our stress levels, both for ourselves and for those around us. By being playful and using humor, people can also become more observant and more empathetic. They're often bored less, they learn more, they have more friends, and studies show that people who are willing to let out their playful side tend to have a better sense of all-around well-being. His holiness believes that no matter how difficult your life may be, this approach will bring you something much deeper. He writes, thinking only of the aspect, the negative aspect, doesn't help us find solutions, and it destroys our peace of mind. He says, I love smiles, and my wish is to see more smiles real smiles. And if we want those smiles, we must create the reasons that make them appear. Create the reasons that make them appear. Follow your bliss. Be intentional about creating a joyful life. Do what brings you joy. Be with people who bring you joy. Give of yourself to help others if that is what brings you joy. Be curious, be adventurous, travel, be generous, be grateful every day when you wake up and you're breathing. That's a gift and smile. In Buddhism, there are many pathways to creating joy. And I wanna lift up three. 
of those paths. And that is showing compassion, finding delight in others' joy, and recognizing that we each have our own perspectives. According to the Dalai Lama, if you want others to experience joy, practice compassion. If you want to experience joy, practice compassion. Compassion is the wish for all to be free of suffering. And this wish has nothing to do with the circumstances of that being's suffering. To have compassion for all is what all, regardless of their ideologies or their opposing viewpoints, you want them all to be free from suffering. When we think of alleviating another's suffering, our own suffering is reduced. And this means self-compassion, self-compassion as well. Buddhist teacher Noah Rashida says this about self-compassion. I love this. Contemporary culture measures us constantly. It evaluates us and judges us based on achievements. We're always comparing ourselves and self-loathing often results when we fail to live up to these expectations that we internalize. We think, I'm not good enough. I'm not as smart as so-and-so. I'm not as wealthy as so-and-so. I'm not as pretty or good looking as so-and-so, but we learn to be compassionate towards ourselves. And we learn to recognize our own humanity and our own needs. To be kind to yourself is as important as being kind to others when we're talking about this pillar of joy, of compassion. Second pathway to a life of joy is feeling joy because others are experiencing joy. In Buddhism, this is called appreciative joy or empathetic or sympathetic joy. Instead of feeling envy or jealousy or self-pity when someone gets a promotion and you don't or moves into a better place and you don't love where you're living and where they find the love of their life, we feel joy. We feel joy celebrating the success of another. Life is not a competition. Now I have been guilty, I admit, of letting my ego get in the way of feeling joy for another person. I have felt spite when someone has won the lottery and I did not win the lottery. I have felt resentment towards couples I see on Facebook who are laughing and smiling at some nice restaurant as I am sitting alone in my apartment eating cold leftover pizza. I'm not proud, but I know that in order for me to live a joyful life, I have to practice sympathetic joy. I must delight in another's good news in their circumstances. And we can train our minds to experience joy for others. It is a spiritual discipline. And finally, third pathway is recognizing that we each have our own perspective and experience. And this is critical to living a life of joy. Some of you may know the parable of the blind men and the elephant. You have the blind men touching a different part of the elephant and describing it very differently. One's touching the trunk, 
one's touching the side, one's touching the tail and so on, right? So the idea is that by realizing, accepting that the way we perceive reality is a lot like the blind man describing an elephant. When we can accept the validity of different perspectives so that that turns the perspective of I or me into we, then that will create joy. Whatever I can perceive my reality to be, if I can com combine that perspective with your perspective or you know, just another perspective, we understand more. The more perspectives we have, the more it all makes sense. And that is the wide view. That is the wide view, a view that grounds us in joy and interdependence, not despair and independence. The narrow view is thinking, no, only my perspective is valid because only mine is right. We all have that tendency to want to think that our perspective is the only correct one, but the reality is, just as in the parable, all of the perspectives are right because they're all incomplete. In the story of Siddhartha's enlightenment, he discovered that life is full of suffering. But the message of hope in Buddhism is there are practices that we can engage in that will lead us to a life of joy in spite of the brutal conditions of life. I have sat beside the bed of patients who told me their life story. Story is very, very different from my own. People who have no friends, no family, no job, no money, who live in constant pain and whose health is failing. People who have no hope. So as a young chaplain, I remember leaving some patients' rooms feeling completely like a failure because I couldn't save them from the crappy hand that life had dealt them. But what I could do, what we all can do, is sit with folks and listen. We can show compassion. We can explore a deeper understanding of meaning and connection. Maybe help them smile and laugh a little bit if only just for a moment, be a resource as they reflect on how to live a life of suffering while possibly also living a life of joy. Instead of joy being fleeting and dependent, it becomes ever present. Instead of banishing it to unwanted experiences in the desert of a very, very closed heart, we practice offering them a gentle space just to be, just to be. And we pay attention. We pay attention to the positive emotions that already exist because in virtually any life, however painful it may be, there exists small pleasures that cause positive emotion, a gentle caring touch, a moment free of pain, hearing a beautiful piece of music and according to Reverend Bob, eating a breakfast burrito from Golden Pride. Apparently that is a really good pleasurable thing. But here's, here's the deal. When we engage in these pleasures, we focus not on the thing, not on the thing that caused the pleasure, but on the pleasure 
that the thing caused. Focus on the pleasure and be grateful for that moment of pleasure. By practicing joy as a spiritual discipline, we begin to feel a sense of contentment, like a child who runs around with inexplicable joy and curiosity, we begin to feel bliss. Joy is infectious. A joyful person will almost be incapable of keeping their joy and bliss contained. Our discipline, whether it be meditation, prayer, mindfulness, dancing, singing, creating, selfless generosity, our discipline is something we must practice and be very intentional about, not only to bring joy into our lives, but into the lives of others, because joy is contagious. If we each share openly, loudly, naturally, organically, our great sense of joy, fulfillment, and contentment, we can ultimately elevate the state of all humanity. May it be so. We take our offering for these words by the educator Etienne Wenger. To celebrate our efforts and our achievements, we need not become blind to the social fabric that makes them possible. We need not deny each other the recognition of our mutual interdependence. You can make an offering online by clicking on the link that we'll put in the chat box. And if you prefer not to give online, you can simply mail a check to the church. Include, if applicable, change for the future in the memo line. Our Change for the Future recipient this month is Encuentro. Encuentro's mission is to transform New Mexico into a thriving community for all its residents. They do that by, quote, engaging Latino immigrant families in educational and career development opportunities that build skills for economic and social justice, unquote. Encuentro is committed to the belief that quality education should build both individual and community knowledge. And with that knowledge comes individual and community power.
What is generously given is received with gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian Church of Albuquerque, and thank you on behalf of Unquantro. And we're coming towards the end of our service today, and we want to invite you to stay and meet your fellow congregants. If you just stay all the way through the credits, you'll be placed in a breakout room. I also want to remind folks that our representatives of our strategic planning team are here today. And if you wish to speak to them, just stay on the stay on the Zoom call until after the credits and we'll set you up where you can speak with them. But before we do any of that, let's do our Pacham greeting. So I take invite you now to place your screen in gallery view, if that's not too much of a hassle. Then place one hand over your heart. Of the other hand, reach towards your community on the screen. Everyone's face here is a prayer. Thank you. And you can return to speaker view or stay in gallery view, whichever you like. And Katie will deliver our benediction. Joy is contagious. Dance, sing, laugh, smile, even with the mask on, because you can see the smile in your eyes. Do not hide your joy. Let it go viral. As we extinguish our chalice this morning, let us always remember that our expression of joy can ultimately elevate the state of all humanity. Go in peace.